Traveling on the wings of cloud Long before that We were ocean To the ocean We shall return La ilaha illallah La ilaha illallah Muhammad 
who's the, um, the brother who was with us last night, another musician, had to go back to Maria today. So Shai wears many hats, as you can see. Um, he can take out actually about 10 instruments out of his part. <laughs> So we'll give you a little flavor of what's called Hadra. It's basically you joining us with joining us with some chanting. Um, something that goes like this. Allah 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 Continue as I sing. Allah, Allah, Allah,
guest welcome sir I'm gonna hand you oh thank you thank you Ali um, our, our conversation tonight is about uh, divine intoxication which is another form of love of course um, for what is more intoxicating than love let me just uh, say a few words for those of you who have not yet had uh, the opportunity to uh, for those of you who have not yet had the chance to meet uh, Sheikh Kabani, I want to just tell you a few things about him that I have on paper in front of me that I have not yet totally committed to memory. These are the outside of the man whose inside you will see and you will hear. Maybe you already do see and do hear. One of the most renowned scholars in the world of Islamic spiritual science of Sufism hails from a respected family of traditional Islamic scholars from Lebanon. Uh, deputy leader of the Naqshbandi Haqqani Sufi order, Sheikh Kabani is authorized to issue religious edicts, fatwas, counsel students of spirituality. For over three decades, Sheikh Kabani has focused on building interfaith social harmony in the United States. Recently named one of the top 500 most influential Muslims. He is the founder of several organizations throughout the world dedicated to educating Muslims and non-Muslims about Islamic principles that promote peace, justice, social cohesion, and civic responsibility. Bachelor's degree in chemistry from the American University of Beirut, degree in Islamic divine law from Damascus, Syria. Tonight, he will speak with us and give me an opportunity, with the rest of you hopefully joining in, to respond uh, on the theme of divine intoxication. 
Um, I would just say that the music that created the setting uh, tonight begins to bring us into it. And um, one of the, the second song, gentlemen, that uh, you sung, that, uh, that Ali and, uh, and uh, uh, Boucher, that you, su that you sung, uh, reminded Ilana, my wife and I, of a, of a, of a beautiful song that's based on Exodus uh, 15, um, which has the words in it, which I translate into English as meaning, um, God, you are my God song and my strength. My God song and my strength. And it strikes me that when one is in a state of exaltation, intoxication, one is filled with God song. And so it's appropriate that we began uh, this evening thus. So, Sheikh, welcome to Yale University. Welcome to the Thank Slipka you. Center for Jewish Life. Um, please uh, allow the music within to come out. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. It's an honor for me to be here tonight. I am not worthy of that. But uh, since you invited, I came. <laughs> Thank you. If you invite us for dinner, we go. <laughs> you don't need three invitations. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Shukran. <laughs> so intoxication of the, of the divine, it's, I don't know from where I have to begin. Because it's something that we are looking for it. We are searching. And it's not an easy way to be intoxicated with the divine. Although the way of Gnostics is seeking the journey to reach the divine. And if we want to look at it from a Muslim perspective, Prophet said, I have been sent to complete and perfect the human behaviors, the moral excellence. So the moral excellence is in, is in an Islamic principle, is to make sure that the human being is going in the way to be intoxicated by God's power. That's why we call it in Arabic maqamul ihsan, the level of perfection. Now, we go, I want to go to President Obama. Might not open the door for me, who are you? Or might open the door for me. We don't know. So, in, in, the, in the love of the divine, you might be able to, that the, the God will open the door for you, or he might not, in order to reach where one cannot reach. And that's why the level of, which is the, if I, if I may you allow me, by your permission, to say that Islam is based on three principles. We don't want to discuss about Islam, but I want to come to... Uh, I do want to talk about Islam, of course I do. 
<laughs> so first level is the five pillars that you have to pray, you have to fast, you have this where people attention always goes, not not more than that. And this is what they teach us in mosques or in places uh, like centers or uh, where, where Muslim scholars come together, they may want to make sure that you study that well. But what is the benefit if you pray and you cheat? Mm. If you pray and you deceive? If you pray and you lie? So that's why the importance of the love of the divine, the divine love, that most of spiritual scholars, which we call it in Arabic, the scholar that teach you how to purify yourself. If you, if you are not allowing yourself to ascend from the structure, you cannot build the building. This is a building. You have the structure and you have the building. So the building I am seeing, it's empty. There is no, not, nothing decorated on it. But on this wall there is decoration. So there is the structure of Islam, but you need to decorate that. And to decorate it is with the, uh, with the level of the faith. You have to believe in God, in his books, all the books including the Torah, the, Zabur, the Psalms, the Bible, the Holy Quran. You have to follow, you have to believe in, in all prophets. You cannot be, you cannot, they cannot accept you in the divine presence when you deny one of these prophets. As if you are denying the message of any prophets. So until you reach this, the third level, which is the level of Moral excellence, which is most important here tonight. Moral excellence is maqamul ihsan and ta'budullah ka annaka tarah fa in lamta kuntarah fa innahu yarak. I'm giving it in Arabic because you gave one in Jewish, I have to give one in Arabic. <laughs> so, to worship God as if you are seeing Him. That's what the goal. But it can con con say to you, oh, oh, wait a minute, it's not easy to see him. He says, and you are not seeing him, he is seeing you. So if, if God is seeing me, I'm be, I must be happy. I must call, invoke him. If I am directing my way toward him, when I say to him, oh my Lord, he must say to me, oh my servant. Because God is generous. You asking, he respond. But the importance, are we hearing his respond? If we are not hearing his respond, means you, we did not ascend yet in the right intoxication of the divine. We are still at the be beginning. When we hear his answer, because he answers, you call him now, he answers. It's impossible that any religion, any religion must say that when you call, you will be responded. 
but it depends. You'll be responded through inspiration or through revelation. And these are ways that might be blocked in certain places in your journey, so you might not hear it. So it means there is something wrong that we are doing, we have to clean it. So I will mention one, one of the most famous scholars, one of them, in the uh, beginning of uh, the religion of Islam, after Prophet by 400 years, he was so intoxicated with the divine. And his name is Abu Yazid al-Bastami. He said, oh, oh my Lord, open for me your door. I want to come to you. Huh, this is the answer came. <laughs> <laughs> Answer must be from heaven. <laughs> you lost it. <laughs> Anna. Is it you? <laughs> must be. <laughs> so, okay. Thank you. So he said, "Oh, open, open your door for me." to come to see you. He said, oh, he heard a voice saying to him, oh, Abu Yazid, Abu Yazid, you cannot come to me like that. He said, like, how I can reach you? He answered, leave yourself and come to me. You cannot come with something that it sometimes it tricks you, sometimes it takes you in the wrong direction. You have to be pure when you want to come to me. So intoxication of the divine is the purification of the self. Without purifying ourselves, it is impossible to reach the, the reality of the love of the divine. Yeah, keep looking there, you'll see him. So the state of Ihsan is the state of moral excellence. And the moral excellence teach us in order to achieve the way of our Lord is to be humble. So humbleness is the first requirement of the, to, to be able to intoxicate yourself with the divine. God likes, loves humble people, humble creatures, humble uh, uh, human beings because he honored them honored them with different specifications that's why without humbling ourselves so much we cannot ascend we have to go to the first stair first step and ascend when we ascend then we'll be able to reach Moses does, did not ascend Whenever he wants to speak with his Lord or intoxicate himself with the divine, where he goes? To Sinai mountain. It is a, a holy place. It is a place where the divine appears there and speaks with him directly. 
no, no, no veil, no, no uh, intermediary. He hear the voice, he follow. Because he was pure. Pure and pure goes back together, look. You just opened that bottle of water. Oh, there is water inside. <laughs> so this, this is the water. This is the water. Is it all the same or not? No, it is not. Because, you see, it's different now. You can see a form. A form of the drop. So when you are outside the ocean, you have a form. When you are inside the ocean, you disappear. The intoxication with the divine must make you to disappear. To make to your self to disappear. How to do that? That's another question. That's, uh, that's very close to the song, Ali, yeah? I do not exist, you do not exist. The, you learned it from the Sheikh, yeah. You sang it so beautifully. Um, that sense that, uh, I love that, uh, I love what uh, the Sheikh heard when he called to the Lord. He said, if you would come to me, leave yourself. Abu Yazin Al-Bastami. Sufi scholar. If you would come to me, leave yourself behind. If yeah. You want to come. If you want to come to me, leave yourself behind. Yeah. Um, um, this is the way we understand uh, Ibrahim, Abraham's call uh, in the book of Genesis: Lech lecha me'artzecha, go into yourself or out of yourself or through yourself, leave everything behind and come to me. So coming to me means leaving yourself behind, which equals purifying uh, your self, which equals, uh, some would say, neutralizing or annihilating. I think that's too strong a term, annihilating, but it just means seeing through yourself, perhaps. But when you do that, when you leave yourself behind, when you let yourself recognize you're a drop and let that drop fall into the sea, there's instant intoxication, isn't there? Damn. It's joyous. So that you come to the Lord in joy because the part of you that isn't in joy is the part of you that believes that you're a separate self living in this terribly difficult world, always under threat, always uh, finding enemies. You know? But when you let go of that self to come to the Lord, there's only joy. Is that right? Of course that's true. <clears throat> and God has said to rejoice in his mercy. And his mercy is his generosity. And his generosity it cannot be limited. That's why prophets in any religion, they were after his mercy and his generosity in order that they will, he will open for them that door. So you mentioned a word that you said annihilation is a very uh, strong word. It is strong, but it is achievable. You can achieve that state. 
in spirituality, it is three levels in order to reach the, to, to, to achieve the annihilation is to exercise in yourself the divine love, the intoxication. This will be the first level, le first stair, step that you can achieve through praising him and in the same time for his love you leave what you what he doesn't love not not to leave what you don't love but what he doesn't love we have to leave so when we begin to leave behind us the different bad characteristics and manners the light in the heart that light that we call it you call it pilot it's always there it never it's uh, closed down it's always shining but around our heart there are veils like we are in a box our hearts in a box you cannot see that light from outside you have to break that box to go inside and then the light shine in your heart as he said the heart of the believer is the house of Allah of God so his house is in your heart like the house in Mecca the Kaaba and everyone knows it is house of God for Muslims it has another house which is in the heart of the believer so when you clean that heart like this carpet if I want to sit on it and perform a prayer if there are some dirty stuff on it I don't pray on it I want to go to the president bring the president another time and my clothes are dirty do they let me inside so how we can come to our Lord with dirty veils that they are on us so we have to get rid of them and how to get rid of them is through love that's why he said in a holy saying of the prophet as long as my servant approaches me through voluntary worshipness I will love him we need his love your love is okay I love God but the most important he 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 must love me uh, so he's responding <laughs> right time for you and for me so his love what is important so the first level of the ladder is love mahabbatullah the love of god the second level when you love someone you will have you will have in yourself always feeling his presence is that always when you are i don't know now after many years you are married uh, do you feel her presence when you are teaching or not? That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
in every moment of in our life when we show his, we show our love to him we feel his presence at that time when we feel his presence then we reach the level of annihilation maqamul fana fanaun fillah means to to not to see yourself everything you see it's allah's will and it's showing allah's oneness directing to him so it is achievable but it has to go through these three levels uh, i don't know uh, are we on the same uh, remembering what i said or are we forgot I say I can't necessarily hold the three levels together, but when you ask me about my wife's presence at, <laughs> in my life, I understand. And Maimonides, who's uh, Maimune, as uh, Ali said when we were uh, talking about him earlier, Maimune, of course, said that, uh, what, is the, asked, what is the proper love that a man should love God with? And he said it is like a man who is sick in love with a woman. And he thinks about her when he lies down to go to sleep and when he rises up in the morning. He thinks about her when he eats and when he walks. He thinks about her always. His heart is never free from a thought of her. And he said even more than that is the cheshek, uh, the love that uh, is proper for us to, to love God. And, um, but I, I, I like what you said about receiving the presence, knowing that we are loved to know that you're loved. I find that's very hard for many people, to know that you are loved, that you are lovable, that you are beloved, that you are beloved. And that uh, when we say, so much of me is bad, I am unworthy, um, it makes, it, if we take that too seriously, if we lose the sense of uh, the goodness and innocence of our own hearts, because of the thick box that it's in, if we lose that sense of the goodness of our heart, if we forget that we are essentially good-hearted, and at this university, most of us, most of the time, forget this. When we forget that we are good-hearted, it is very hard to believe that we are lovable, that anybody could love us, not to mention God. So to know that we are worthy of God's love, and maybe we're not, although I think we do well to believe that we are worthy of it, that, that that's what God is, that if we to say I am not worthy of God is not simply to think I'm not a good person. It, it is not to believe in God. It is a rejection of God, something like that. I'm, ask, I'm saying it as if I know the answer, I don't. But I know that I spend a lot of time with people here who do not feel lovable. And I'm not just talking about them. I'm talking about me feeling not lovable, not worthy, not good. Much reason to feel much guilt, much sadness, much sense of failure, much fear. So to speak about love means somehow lifting oneself or be feeling lifted above the fear, above the sense of failure, the sense of guilt, the sense of sadness, sense of anxiety. I think I'm making some sense to you. I'm, I'm positive. Lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, intoxication on this campus for many people is uh, something they can only achieve by using alcohol. They cannot achieve the state to free themselves from the burden of sadness uh, that I've referred to. Uh, uh, in in. I don't know, some of them know to take very long runs, 
some practice yoga, some chant, some play music. So I think everybody tastes it one way or another. But the culture, as a culture, uh, has great difficulty with this. And I think it has to do with feeling unlovable. Unlovable. Not worthy of love. So this teaching of Sufism, which is central to you, uh, has somehow or other has to break through the resistance to love that is so prevalent. Do you find that in your teaching as you travel the world? In my teaching, it's, it's not my teaching. It's your teaching. <laughs> Everyone wants to be loved. And when you build that in their hearts, immediately after a while they change. Their characters, their characters will change, their behaviors will change, and they become really uh, rehabilitated. And some of them, they, they might drink, but not drink to be intoxicated also, in, in drinking to become drunk. But you cannot say, to, no, don't drink. They drink one cup, two cup. I don't know, but I don't drink. I'm sober, so I don't drink. <laughs> but uh, too much drinking to be alcoholic, that is a person that he feels, as you said, he is not loved. So when you build in himself or herself that they are loved, and it is mentioned, in Holy Quran, that everyone is loved. Allah said, We have honored human beings. We honored them. What, what kind of honor? He honored them. He honored them more than what he honored his angels. Because angels are infallible. They are always under orders. They are always responding in, in Islamic religion and in every religion. Angels are always not making mistakes, except few of them. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't make mistake. And with all that, human beings, God said about them, they, I honor them. How you honor someone you don't love. We have honored them and we have gave them, elevated them higher than anyone else. Although they are running away. But you run where? Where are you going to run? One day you are going to leave and go to him. So why you are running in this life? After you become what? 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 120, 150? You are going to leave. You are going to go. Where you are going to go? He's catching you there. You think there when he catch you, what he will do with you? 
He already honored you. He will give you something that you never expected. He will open your eyes to the reality. The reality that you were not able to get it in this life. He will give you the reality of your existence. He will give you baqa after an annihilation is baqa, is ever living. He dress you with that dress. You become ever living. You think God has created his servant to torture them? To punish them? To, or to make uh, a movie out of them, uh, what you call that movie? The survivors. <laughs> <laughs> Send them in the jungles and say, I am going to find you and shoot you. That is, uh, that's the, what God wants from us. He throw us in the jungle and say, go by yourself. No. He sends messengers to show you the right way. For everyone, even someone sitting on the top of the mountain must have, if justice, is heavenly justice exists, must be a messenger to reach that person even on the top of the mountain in, in Alaska. Or how this Indian, native Indian in, uh, uh, in Mexico, in South America, how do you reach, who, who, who guided them, which prophet? You think there is no messenger? If there is no messenger and God punished them because they didn't follow the messenger, that, what's that justice? So that's why we have to understand God justice is there. God loves everyone. Because if you run away from him, you think you are harming him? We can't harm God. You cannot. Can no. So uh, if someone does not get harmed, why he has to judge? If we know that we cannot harm God, I don't think everybody knows that, but I, I think I learned that finally, Sheikh. You can't, we can't hurt God. No. Then the notion that God is angry, that God wants to punish, that justice has to do with meeting out punishment, this is, uh, this is a mistake, isn't it? No. It's not a mistake. No. Because God is not punishing you. God is, when you, the meaning of punishment is to tell you, you are away, far away from me. When you are far away from your beloved, what you feel? You feel you are punished. Yes, you do. You feel you are punished. He wants you to remember that you come back to normal. He's not punishing you in the meaning of you, what you meant in mm -hmm. your mind, to throw, to throw them in hellfire. Cannot be punished when he created you to punish you and throw you in hellfire. That is not justice. Many Sufi sheikhs or scholars or spiritual people, they believe that the punishment is not a punishment, physically punishment. It's a punishment that he will show you that you are far away from his love.
that we mentioned at the beginning, that we, he, the importance is he loving us. We love him, but he has to respond by loving us. Yes. So if, if that doesn't come, means it's a punishment. That is the punishment which is meant here. Yes, so the punishment is my inability to experience the intimate, present love of, of God. God. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That so, makes uh, us all surprised how much you are running away, and he's still coming to us. Yes, and I run away because I am scared of losing myself, which I need to leave behind if I want to come into the presence of my beloved. No. No. Because he dressed you with ever-living life. In, and in, I, li in life. And I'm running away from ever-living life. Yeah. Yes. This is the spiritual, this is the Sufi perspective. Yes. And why do I run away from the opportunity for, to live ever-living life now? Because you are not mature yet. Yes. You are drunk. Yes. Yes. Drunk. drunk. And the love of uh, uh, the, the bad desires. Yes. So... Which I realize I will have to give up the bad desires, the bad desires if I want to live now if, forever. If you are really a gentleman and you stand up to your dignity, you don't go to the bad desires. And the bad desires is according to what your mind will tell you, this is bad or this is right. Yes. So not up according to someone else telling you, do this, do that. No, no, it's the mind. It. It's, it's what the you can think about it. If I do this, is wrong or right? If, it is, if your mind says it's wrong, leave it. If it is right, any alcoholic or anyone who takes alcohol, you mentioned alcohol. Yes, I did. Let him think by himself. Is it going to harm me or not? Is it good to drink or not? If his mind says not to drink, stop. Means your, that drinking is going to affect your life. You might lose your liver. You might lose your body that God gave you and honored to you. So you didn't keep the trust that God has given to you mm -hmm. to run. We have offered our trust to earth and heavens. They said, no, we cannot, it's too much. The trust of God, trusting in you. A human being said, okay, I take it. He was ignorant. When he, he said, I'll take it. Yeah. I, when he said, I take it. He, it was good for him to say, as heavens and earth didn't take it, I don't want. Give me your love, that's enough. Without giving me anything to carry it as a trust for you at the end. So he took it. Human being took it. So all of us now, because of Adam took it, we are all of us in that situation that uh, we have to, to return that trust clean as we took it. And how we get it that? How we can do that? And that trust is our own lives and the lives of our brothers and sisters? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole worldly life. With all that, with all, if we cannot return a trust, still Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God is merciful with us. We, he's going to take us back as he sent us in this life. He's taking us back in any religion or any belief. Everyone believes that there is another cycle of life. Take us back clean 
as before. We get another chance to do it all over Many again. Many chances. Many chances. Many chances. There's a lot of comfort in that thought, isn't there? For some, for some it can be a source of terrible pain too. Might be. Maybe. But they must be happy that at least God is going to call them and speak with them in the day of, of, uh, of judgment. Yes. Yes. The appearance of God in the day of judgment, that is enough for everyone to be happy. Rabbi Al-Adawiyah, you know her? I don't know her. Oh, okay, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> she died 1,000 years ago. Mm. She, was, she was a very strong worshiper, and it's, it's mentioned in many, many, between Muslim scholars, that she was a very spiritual saint, saint lady. She always remembering in her remembrance of our Lord. And she says, oh my Lord, I didn't worship, one of her saying, I didn't worship you for the love of your paradise to send, you to, to send me to paradise. Or, and I did not worship you or remembered you or intoxicated in your divine to not to put me in hellfire. Or I didn't worship you for anything. I worshiped you because I love you. You want to put me in paradise? It's your choice. You want to put me in hellfire? It's your choice. I'm surrendering. So that is true love. Although for herself, she is convinced that whatever he wants to put her, put her. Punishment or forgiveness. But with that, she still, she, I, am, I love you, I am worshipping you, means I am remembering you because I love you. So that it is one of the highest level of love intoxicating in the divine. Knowing that you are beloved no matter what circumstances you live in, whether you're sick or healthy, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're free or in prison, knowing no matter what circumstances you're in, that you are beloved. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, gigantic. Of course. Yeah. That's, that's why Sufis, they attain, attained the level of purity and the level of love, presence, and annihilation. When they reach annihilation, means finish. They are submitting totally. Do, when you enter annihilation, we call it, one way we say this in Hebrew is bitul hayesh. It's a term that the Hasidim use. When you enter bitul, annihilation, is it a one-time entry and you're there? Or is it something that you leave, forget, remember, return? No, 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 no. It will escalate. It's an ascension. You reach the level that, like someone give you injection uh, for uh, one centimeter of injection. You cannot take more. If you take at that level, you might have a heart attack. Second, two centimeter, when there is, they see there is a sickness somewhere, it needs two centimeters. You have to take two more, two, not centimeter, milliliter. They give you 
a stronger uh, injection. You can take, you can uh, absorb it. Three milliliter, you can absorb it. So it is an ascension in the annihilation level. So they open first for you one veil, then another veil, then another veil. So there's always more to annihilate. Yeah, of yeah. course. It doesn't end. It doesn't end. In no way, because uh, God uh, creation doesn't end, and you are ascending in his creation. Why, why does God bring us into this world of brokenness and sadness and war? He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He Th gave you paradise. Ask Adam why he, he brought us. <laughs> Adam is you and me. So we created a, he gave us paradise and we turned it into a parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> Worse than parking, flood of snakes. God, didn't God put Satan's, the snake in the garden? Satan came as a form on in his, as a snake when yes. he whispered in the ear of Adam. Yes. But why did God create Satan? Aha, uh -huh. that is a good question. <laughs> he knows best. Say that again, please. He knows best. He knows best, yeah. Well, because, uh, because, because you disobey a Satan, God raises your levels. You disobey, you reach annihilation. You want to reach annihilation, disobey this one. Mm. He, he was... He created him as a test for us. So we can use the snake, we can use Satan to achieve annihilation. They asked, they asked one person, from where you learn discipline? He said, I learned discipline from the one who has no discipline. <laughs> so Satan has no discipline. Anything he whispers in your mind and you see that it is wrong, don't do it. That is the key for annihilation. I sometimes think the freedom we have is to recognize, is just that, that's our freedom. Yeah. To, yeah. You can't make Satan silent, but you can say, no. 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 Uh, there is one, one, one big saint in Egypt called Ahmad al in his country, Ahmad al-Badawi. Uh, every year, three, four million goes to his mosque and shrine and visit in, in Egypt in Tanta. He said, oh my Lord, like his friend before Abu Yazid al-Bastami, open for me your door. Open for me. Every day he is praising his Lord through, uh, through uh, Qasida, what you call it, uh, poetry. Every day in different, his, his feeling, he expressed his feelings in different kind of divine love. In, he is really intoxicated, and if you have more than to describe a word in English, more than intoxicated, I will appreciate, I want to learn. So this person was like that, very much. I would say Majnun. Oh, that's Majnun, it's crazy, it's okay. <laughs> so, he is so much in love, in, in the divine, in God, that asking for him to open the door. Finally, one person appeared to him, appeared to the saint, and said, Ya Ahmad, oh, do you want the key for the divine presence? He looked at him, he said, I don't take the key from the key, I don't take the key from you, I take the key from the key maker. 
I want the key from God. Okay, as you like. You don't want it, you don't want it. You go take it. Disappeared, he left. So, still Ahmad al-Badawi is asking and asking and more intoxicated until he heard the voice. Oh, Ahmad, you need the key? I send you the one that has the key. You didn't respond to him. You didn't want it. You don't know that I created this world by cause and effect. You do this, you get this. Go find him, you get the key from him. <laughs> it's a long story. So finally, he gave him the key. But he said, I want the price for the key. I, I want the... The price. I'm giving you the key, I need the price for it. He said, oh, I don't have anything. I give you what I have. I have nothing except my grove and my house I give to you. He said, no, 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 I don't want that. This, we don't need it. We have a lot of that. God has said, God has put under your control whatever in this life, this world, and in heavens. It is in your hand. In hand of a human being. Here, pronoun to you, O human beings. He gave you the to travel through this universe and he gave you and this is a miracle of the holy quran to say to know about people might go up in the universe and gave you the word under your control do what you want so he said i don't want your money i have this from my lord i want your knowledge your knowledge i want he said, what, I, how I can give you my knowledge? He said, this knowledge, you build it on your ego. You build your knowledge showing yourself that you know something. Showing yourself to, to people that you know better than them. That, that kind of knowledge, we have to take it away because it doesn't going to give you any benefit. Your, your basement, your structure, is already rotten because it is mixed, blended with your ego and your bad desires. I need that. He said, okay, well, what I can do? He said, look into my eyes. He looked into his eyes, he, like a vacuum, like a vacuum cleaner. He sucked all his knowledge. He was not able to speak anymore a word without making mistake. He was not able to lead the prayer. He was the grand mufti of his time. Was not able to say one word of Holy Quran. He left him six months in the street, not knowing anything. Not a professor, sorry. <laughs> not a professor, not a leader, not... No, you have, as we said at the beginning, to humble yourself. We have to humble ourselves. He appeared to him after six months. He said, now look at my eyes, the, the, the saint. He looked at the eyes of the saint. He poured the knowledge, the divine knowledge back. Not the worldly knowledge that all full of theories, 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 theories. Because knowledge is two kinds. Theories, almul awraq or almul azwaq. Knowledge of papers, books and knowledge of taste, taste. 
you are tasting the water. If I write for you one page on chemist in chemistry about the water, how it forms, I, I you don't taste it. Now you are tasting it. So this is how, he gave him back the knowledge of taste. So no one was able anymore to see his eyes. They were shining. Anyone look at his eyes? He cannot. It's more stronger than a spotlight. He used to cover them when people come to him. So this is only to humble him in order that he will be attaining the level, the real love of God that takes him to the annihilation process. That's a, a particularly powerful story for a place like Yale University where all of us here um, take great um, pleasure in what we know and in demonstrating what we know and perfecting what we know um, and, uh, and identifying ourselves with what we know. I'm a physicist. I'm a chemist. I'm an astronomer. I'm a philosopher. Yeah. I am a Sufi. <laughs> so I need to come here to Yale University. <laughs> oh, Sheikh Kabani. Um, I was thinking of the story of Al-Ghazali, Al who, uh, who uh, lost his speech, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, as did uh, St. Paul in the Christian tradition. Then Moses is said to be heavy of speech, unable to speak. He had to have Aaron come and his brother come, him. Aaron, come and speak for him. Um, so there's something, and he said in the Hebrew Bible to be anav ma'od, the most humble of, uh, of, of people, Moses. Yeah. He uh, was the strongest and the most humble. The strongest and the most humble, yeah. These go together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I am not considering that what we are learning. I studied chemistry and I studied medicine. Yes. On top, that was not written in there. It's not there, but I'll, I'll remember. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but when we go to a Sufi perspective, then there are too many historical stories about these Sufis that they gave their life and their miracles. What happened with them? It's not easy. It's, is, is difficult for a young one to understand that. Is it real or it is not real? No, it is real. It happened. And many things, they happen with their lives. Everyone. And you might find a homeless on the street asking for, uh, for a donation. I have been taught that you have to keep money in your pocket. Any one homeless on the street asking for money, you give him money. You don't turn anyone down. Might be God sending someone in a picture of a homeless to test your generosity. To that extent, you cannot turn anyone. Means as God doesn't turn anyone from his door, we must learn from that what, that we must not turn anyone from our doors. Mm. And today, this kind of respect 
you can find it between few, but you cannot find it with everyone. It's rare, but I, I think it's rare because most, in order to be able to, to be generous, you have to feel generous. In order to feel generous, you have to feel abundance. You have to feel that you have more than you need for yourself. And I find so many people, so many times we feel, I don't have enough for me. I don't have anything to give. No, you have a lot. Yes. Uh, ask your wife. <laughs> <laughs> My wife reminds me of this all the time. Yeah. I'm a very, very lucky man, yeah. I see you, you figured out my wife. <laughs> yeah. I think a homeless will take anything. Yes, they'll e take a smile, they'll take a handshake and a hug. Even a 10 cents. That's right, also. So you can have uh, $1 in, yes. in, small, yes. in coins money that you can give and don't turn anyone back. Yes. So. Even we are generous, but we go to the movie theater, we pay, we, uh, even we are poor, we go to the movie theater and yes. spend $20, $30. I'm not saying don't do that. <laughs> but I'm saying if we want to find yes. some money in our pocket, we can't find. Mm -hmm. We can't find to give. Yes. Because we are ordered to give to the one who even boycott us. We have to extend the ha our hand to the one who doesn't extend his hand to us. Mm. These are from the good manners that mm. we have been taught. Antasil man qata'ak wa anta'fu amman zalamak. So to connect with the one who left you. Don't say I don't talk to him, he doesn't talk to Try to talk to him or to her. Mm. Build the bridges. That's why interface is very important because it builds bridges back. If you don't do interface, you are not building bridges. I will mention one thing that many scholars, now it's not Sufi, but many Muslim scholars, they don't pay attention to it. I never heard it, but it exists. Prophet used to pray toward east, from Mecca toward Masjid al-Aqsa, Jerusalem, 18, 17 or 18 months. And Imam, one of the big scholars, like in the 7th or 8th century Hijri, which is the 15th, 16th century, uh, current era, he said in, in the tafsir, in the explanation of this verse, that Prophet وسلم, Prophet was directing his face toward Jerusalem, expecting that he can reach the Christian and Jewish community. For 17, 18 months trying his best. So our duty is to extend in our daily life the to build bridges between us and those and the others. And that's why Prophet said, Antasil man yani if there is a breach or a a gap between different faiths, try to build a bridge. We are not people of fight. We are people of respect and love. 
So this is, we feel we are obliged with that. And now some other scholar, they say something else, it's up to them. It's not up to us. But this is our belief. And I will say one thing that also, I hope that scholars pay attention to it. In Adawa al-Shafi, a book by Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, which is a student of Ibn Taymiyyah, which is the, what the Salafi uh, uh, Muslims, they have strong belief toward uh, uh, Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah. Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, in his book, Adawa al-Shafi, he mentioned a hadith, because there are some Arabs here, they can hear it. He mentioned a hadith, a saying of the Prophet, narrated by Abu Huraira in Sahih Muslim. And the hadith says, I will take one part of it. It says that the first that God will judge are the martyrs. In the day of judgment, first to be judged are martyrs, as shuhada. And God calls the shaheed, the martyr, and ask him, he show him his uh, favors that he prepared for him. And he say, what you have done to, to me to get these favors? These favors, I'm offering them to you, but what you have done in your life to get these favors? This is an authentic saying of the Prophet, which people, I don't know why scholars didn't touch on it. He said, I became, I fought in your way. I've been killed in your way. I killed myself in your way to raise your name. He said, you are a liar. You are a liar. Huh? Now everyone think, every Muslim and non-Muslim, I don't want to say every, but many Muslims and non-Muslims, they think when we say in Arabic language, martyr, that we consider that person going to be to paradise. Is not? This is what... It's a widespread view, yeah. 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 Which, according to Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, one of the biggest scholars in Islam, student of Ibn Taymiyyah, who is the head of the Salafi movement today, mm -hmm. which their teaching were in the 15th century current era, says that, saying from Prophet, that the, uh, the martyrs say, I killed myself for you. He said, you are lying. Like today, they go and suicide bombing. And they say, oh, they are martyrs. They are not martyrs. Allah said to them, you are liars. You didn't kill yourself for me. He said, but you killed yourself for people to say that you are a courageous person. For people to mention your name. For people to think about you that you are a great man. 
You did that. You didn't do it for me. You did it for yourself. Go take him to hellfire. This is something is really extraordinary, strong evidence that suicide bombing is completely not allowed. But I never saw a fatwa from anyone touching on this saying of Prophet. Mm. So that's why we, the, our way, the Sufi way, is to build bridges. And now today, too many Muslims, they are not Sufis, but they are building bridges. They are doing programs. But it has to, to be increased and to enlighten people and educate them that martyrism is not killing yourself to kill innocent people that you know you don't know even and this is the saying of prophet so we have to be careful and such meetings makes everyone to benefit and we benefit yes because when you look at the, how they are at uh, paying attention then you you get more relationship toward them through spiritual connections yes from heart to heart you cannot see it but it is there mm. so this is how we can increase uh, the love between different races and different uh, people as god said we have created you from male and female and make you nation and tribes to know each other. He didn't say to fight each other. This is in Holy Quran, to know each other. Mm -hmm. We hope that this will happen. Amen. Can you hear our tone? Let it be. Um, that's a place to stop, I feel. Although I feel like we could go on forever. But I'm going to honor the stop Thank you. that Thank you brought you. there. Um, but I think we should end with music. No problem. Yeah. We are waiting to hear uh, them. Yeah. Um, a song of annihilation, the real kind of annihilation, not false martyrdom. Allah, Allah, Allah. It sounds much better if you join. <laughs> 
thank you guys so much. Thank you for your music, for your wisdom, for your love, for your intoxication, for bringing it here. Um, this is an act of bridge building in the deepest sense of the term. Of course, bridges have to be built between people or countries that feel, or nations or worlds that feel very separate. But being with you, I don't feel the need to build a bridge. I feel one. Oh, it's really nice. I felt that as soon as I. It's already there. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice to talk about it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.